Welcome to a fight club far, far away with your host, Katrina Dennis. This is the fight club you can talk about. Hello there, and welcome to a fight club far, far away, an all new Star Wars podcast with a focus on the fights that made the saga so iconic. I'm your host, Katrina, and as someone who was raised on a healthy blend of sci-fi flicks, westerns, and martial arts movies at the Dollar Theater, I'm excited to be your guide to some of the most epic battles in Star Wars storytelling. Each episode will explore a different clash, be it a duel, a big battle, or a very interesting argument, and dive into what makes each of them special. This week, to celebrate our launch on the Geeky Waffle Network, we are joined by network founder and show producer Candice to discuss one of the most emotional training sequences in the Star Wars Rebels saga. Throughout the third season of Star Wars Rebels, we're given a deeper look at the backstories of each crew member. The 15th episode, Trials of the Darksaber, is a unique story that particularly impacts the character arc of Sabine Wren, the cruise explosive expert and a Mandalorian rebel who keeps people at a distance for a reason. In order to wield the legendary Darksaber to help reunite her people, Sabine must train under resident cowboy Jedi space dad Kanan Jarrus. Despite accepting the responsibility of wielding the Darksaber, Sabine continues to hesitate and grows frustrated when she doesn't get things right the first time. Relatable. But in the end, a training duel with Kanan results in a heart-to-heart -heart that shows Sabine growing up in a major way. Throughout the episode, we're treated to small reminders of classic Jedi fighting styles, like Sorosu and Dejemso. And we even catch small glimpses of Mandalorian tech made specifically for combat with Jedi. While this particular duel isn't the high-stakes battle that we're used to, this episode resonates a single story that impacts the rest of the season, Sabine's journey, and Mandalorian history itself. I am so excited to discuss this particular battle uh, with the head honcho of our network here at the Geeky Waffle, Candice. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I am like, this fight is, it's, I feel like it's a nice, cool, unconventional start to like a Star Wars podcast. Yeah. It's such a, a different approach to like how combat is usually seen in Star Wars. You know, we're so used to like these like one-on-one -on -one duels or like uh, gunfights or even like large scale ship battles. Whereas like this episode is just about training and the process of what needs to be broken down and and so anyway, uh, sorry, I got really excited. I'm so excited and happy that you picked this episode. So I wanted to know why you chose this particular episode. Okay, so I'm a huge Rebels fan as well as like Sabine Wren is one of my favorite characters right up there with Ahsoka. So I, I just, I love it. And I've seen this episode, I think the most of all Star Wars animation because it's just so well done. It takes place all on the same planet. Mm -hmm. It really goes it's character development i love character development i'm a sucker for that and i feel like the fight shows so much mm -hmm. of just the characters themselves and their relationships like i love found family and i feel like you really see like kanan and hera both being like parental figures to sabine and ezra mm -hmm. but yeah i i just love it and i love the fact that we learn so much more about lightsabers and lightsaber fighting, the techniques in it. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, 
I, I, I like this particular episode because I feel like uh, in a way there are different, there are always different like routes to roots to, whoops, mm -hmm. I don't know what day it is today. So I don't know how to pronounce things today um, <laughs> to, to get into Star Wars. And so for someone who was into Rebels or like, you know, someone younger who like is still kind of learning how to understand how things work um, in this weird made up galaxy, uh, it was a nice like, reintroduction to like lightsaber combat and like especially the ways that the Jedi use them. Yeah, we don't really get to see on screen at least like the actual lightsaber training. We see a little bit with Ezra and Kanan and we do see some with like Ahsoka mm -hmm. and Anakin, but we don't see it like down to the basics. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I think like being a Star Wars fan for like 20 plus years, you're like finally like we get a little bit more of this and it's so interesting yeah and i think it's such a neat perspective to introduce it through because it's not just two jedi practicing these forms of lightsaber combat it's uh, a mandalorian who like very rarely are they actually practicing lightsaber combat um uh, because that you know historically jedi and mandalorians are like enemies or whatever um which that's been disproven so many times, but go on folks. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like they work together the best. And so it was really cool to see, um, I think in this uh, particular episode for me, the the backstory of like the, the, the dark saber, because before we only really knew it through, you know, uh, pre Visla's use of it in the Clone Wars. Yeah. And, it's just so much history and I love the Mandalorians. I love that culture. Mm -hmm. It's, I love it being explored. And I think that's another reason why Sabine's like one of my favorites too. Mm -hmm. And just the history of it. And I love how it ties in with Clone Wars, but it's not like a direct sequel. It's just continuing the history. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cause I mean, looking at it, when we watched it from that like first time and like what are our perspectives of even the Darksaber were at that time versus now having seen it in The Mandalorian, having seen so many things about it that we knew in Rebels reflected in that in that particular final like season two finale of The Mandalorian. It was kind of like, oh cool, all of these threads are like coming together. When Moff Gideon exited his TIE fighter with the lightsaber, I was with um, my co-host, Bree. Mm -hmm. Free, who had not seen any of the animated series, mm -hmm. and I screamed. <laughs> and they are like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "No, I am not," mm -hmm. because just the history of that saber, and it's so amazing seeing it from the animated Clone Wars to go to Rebels, and then to see it in live action to see this like one saber that mm -hmm. you know means so much. It's like the Excalibur of the galaxy, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, I, I love that particular visual, not like to deter from our episode too much because it's it's so another great introductory shot because you were really excited about it. But, you know, for Brie, it was just like, oh, Nito, what a nice shot. You know, it was like, a cool sword. Cool sword. Oh, whatever. Like sword. Whatever. We'll learn more about it later on. And we did. So that, that's well, cool. No, what I did was I sat them down and I said, <laughs> let me explain the complete history of the Darksaber for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I don't know how much they retained of that because I was talking very fast and very like, enthusiastically. 
<laughs> exactly. And um, I, I think uh, going into this, like this particular duel. So before this duel starts, we see Sabine training with like a, 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 you know, training saber alongside Ezra running through basic forms. And I love this particular sequence, not just because of how like it shows the dynamic between Ezra and Sabine, but also like them and Kanan as their teacher. But because it reminded me so much of the Kanan comics uh, that it like I think just released around that time. It was like very close to season three and four when like the Kanan run began. And uh, this particular shot was really reflective to me of, of this panel um, in that in that comic. So it was really cool to kind of see echoes of Depa in this episode. Yeah, and you can totally like think of that Kanan is thinking back to his like first days with her, thinking of his own training and things like that. And it's just like so many emotions, too many emotions with this. Absolutely. Yeah, this episode is uh is a really interesting one and like if you watch the Rebels Recon for for this particular one, something that that Dave and uh Pablo and everyone continues to reiterate is that this episode had a singular plot line. There was no subplot. It was entirely about Sabine's training and her development. And that was going to lead into or complete the arc of like the, the Darksaber and how Mandalore got involved uh, with our particular rebel cell. So it was, I, I was excited for it, like even leading into it. Cause I remember watching, you know, the trailers ahead of time each week and going like, Oh my God, we're going to have a Sabine arc. And then to see it open up into like this big, thing like that expands on House Vizsla and House Ren. Um, and this fight is like the start of it. This fight is what determines Sabine's real decision to go and try and reunite Mandalore. Yeah, and I've talked about this like a few times. It's just like how amazing Sabine's arc is because mm -hmm. season one and season two, she has a few episodes where she's the star, but again, we don't get to know that much about her. Things are subtly hinted, but then this is the episode where she becomes the main character alongside Ezra because it is Ezra's show. Mm -hmm. But like by season four, she is like the co-lead. Yeah. And knowing that Dave and the other writers, they all had this planned out from the start and they built up to this huge moment. And I think that's why it makes me cry every time. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. And I'm also very biased. I'm half Indian and having like, anyone who's like coded that way, played by an Indian actress as a main character in Star Wars. Like it, I get chills, I get chills, I get so excited. Absolutely, it's such a huge deal. And I I, I think it's like, it, it's a testament to the show where throughout this episode, what we see when it comes to Sabine, Sabine's development is like something that's not only like a long time coming, things that we've seen in like the way she interacts with people and like who she lets in and who she shuts off, but like also what Hera has learned from her own uh, family experiences and what she's trying to convey to Kanan throughout the episode where like, you know, at, at the end of the day, this is gonna be Sabine's decision to make. She can take the dark saber and say she'll do it, but to actually get her to do it, there's something that still needs to be unlocked. Yes, and I can I just add that I love that Chopper purred when she, when Sabine petted him at the beginning. So cute. Chopper I knows when to like shut it down. He's like, this is serious. Sabine is really sad and scared. I'm mm -hmm. gonna be adorable. I love that little murder droid so much. 
Exactly. He's like that. That's like my favorite character archetype. Is like you know they can murder you, but yeah. they can be like soft. a cinnamon roll, a cinnamon yeah. roll droid. Exactly. Exactly. Per sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the moves that we see in this fight, and I, I, I want to say like the more like the beginning of this fight are very like traditional. Um, and I do want to highlight that uh, we do see two forms of uh, lightsaber combat, at least. And somebody can quote me on any more use, but in the uh, forms that both Ezra and Sabine are rehearsing and how this particular fight starts out, uh, we see the conventional uh, Sorasu, uh, and we also see... Uh, I, I'm, ran, I'm running a fight show, and I don't know how to pronounce these things, but we're going to go for it. Gems, Gemso? Gem <laughs> Uh, also known as Sheehan uh, combat style. Um, and uh, those are also kind of reflections of past practitioners in the Jedi Order. Uh, not only Depa, uh, but Mace Windu as well. Yeah, and Mace is known for having an offensive mm -hmm. um, stance, which is very not quite Jedi-like because they're supposed to be defensive. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was like so intriguing when I found out like the lineage because you can see a lot in that. Like Obi-Wan was trained by Qui-Gon Jinn and Qui-Gon Jinn was trained by Dooku. Mm -hmm. So there's all these like connections and then Yoda's in there, you know? It's like, well there, but yeah. So like the, yeah. the offensive which is really what Sabine goes for in this fight. Yeah. And I think it's a testament to her, like as not only as a Mandalorian, but as like a wielder of the dark saber is like, you know, the, the Darksaber is, all told, an offensive weapon. It is not, yeah. you know, the, the theory and practice behind it is not like a Jedi's lightsaber. It's not a, a something for protection of the galaxy. It's for protection and defense of Mandalore. And that's that's kind of like, I think that that's what she brings into it. It's like she's, there's one tunnel vision way that she comes into this fight. Um, and I I think that, like, you see that unravel all the way until the end. Yeah, it's just very interesting. Like, Kanan was so apprehensive about giving her the actual saber. He kind of, like, I think he didn't, not that he didn't trust her, because he said that she's even, of like, a better fighter than Ezra. Mm -hmm. But he knew, like, her emotions were clouded. Like, he, she said she was so blocked off from the Force, or anything like that. But I think he also realizes after talking to Hera, because Hera is so smart and perfect. Always. And I love her. Always. I love so many things. <laughs> but he can't treat Sabine like he would treat Ezra. Mm -hmm. Can't treat Sabine like he would treat a Jedi, a Padawan, because she is a Mandalorian. While she was raised by a Jedi and a mm -hmm. rebel leader, she's still like at her heart a Mandalorian. And yeah, they are offensive duelist and oh just something i something that was pointed out online was like sabine is gifted she is a mm -hmm. she's a savant she's a genius child i know people were like oh she's a mary sue but no she is just a brilliant person mm -hmm. just like how there's always child geniuses and stuff like that like that's why she survived exact, exactly the dum -dum died the yes. dum-dums died <laughs> but she's yeah. a genius and she's very capable and that's why she's still alive after the empire is after her mm -hmm. so of course she's going to be good at everything 
well, not everything. She's good at so many things. Yeah. But I think that's something that happens when you're very gifted, when you find something that you're not like naturally good at, mm -hmm. that you get like frustrated like that. So we see a lot of frustration with her. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Like she doesn't pick it up immediately. And so she wants to throw it down and like not continue. And you know what? I have experienced that so many times in my life. <laughs> when I quit it dance to, class when I yeah. wasn't good at it as a kid because I was good at the other kinds, but lyrical, whatever the heck that was. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think this applies to like anyone who has ever been like super good at one thing. And then like you try one thing that's related and you find like a little roadblock that you don't get. And so it's like, I'm done. You know, like I've had, I've had to like go back to instruments and go like, of course I can play this. Like I can play four other string instruments. Why can, why would I not arguably be able to play guitar? Like also she's what, 17, 18 yeah. at this point. Yeah. She's still kind of a kid mm -hmm. at least i feel like she's a kid at my age you know yeah, exactly so it, and just all the trauma she's been through and that's that that goes into what kanan's training needs to be for her is that even though she and ezra do have very similar experiences like they're in their own ways they both like lost their family you know they've had to be alone in the past and survive on their own but like what the way he treats her as like a warrior born from birth a warrior uh versus like how he trains ezra and has to and how he conveys things to ezra those need to be distinctly different yeah mm -hmm. and i got a little mad at ezra actually i got mad at both sabine and ezra the way they talked about it to each other she's like you don't know what how i feel like losing people like you know, and be like, that's Ezra, you know, about his parents. And then he's like, at least your parents are alive. And I was like, damn it, Ezra. I'm just mad at both of them. I know, like, honestly. They're teenagers. They're teenagers. Yeah. They're stupid. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I love how, like, the show just, like, you know, uh, because so, so often in fiction, like, teenagers and, like, young people are expected to be, like, more grown up and brave than they are and like it's it's you know it's always different circumstances different mindsets that that's what makes characters interesting you know like luke was a teenager at one point and we remember what he was like <laughs> yeah. so so it's like you know even on the the older end of like your teenage years you're still like a brat you know like you're, yeah. you're you and and like you know again different levels of experience um and i think that's the interesting thing that like sabine brings to the combat aspect of this particular like training segment is it it takes so long even though she tries so many different ways she already knows rather than like letting go and learning like the jedi way of combat yeah she, um ben Rao stops by the campsite and gives mm -hmm. her some new boys to play with Yes. But Kanan, wow, yeah. Kanan said no. No, he shuts it He shuts it down so well. Like, I just, oh, man. Like, I feel like Freddie Prince Jr. has such a wonderful grasp on this character yes. at this point that, like, you genuinely see, even as Kanan learns a lesson in this episode, his growth compared to when he started training Ezra versus, like, this particular session with Sabine. Because at the end of the day, I think the progress that Sabine makes, and this is not to compare too heavily, like, again, everybody has their own journeys. Ezra's learning things that are very different from what Sabine is learning and what their end goals are. But, like, to see her go 
and have that mindset shift and be able to like now like understand what Kanan's trying to convey to her is not only like a testament to like his training, but her as well. Does that make sense? Definitely, definitely yeah. does. And you're right, the voice acting, I think it's just <sighs> a perfect storm of everything, really, right? It it really is because oh man, you brought this up uh, before the episode, um, the the music in this in this episode and during that fight, the, the strings, it, yes, the strings. Game, oh my god, <laughs> it's oh it's amazing. That was composed by uh, Sean Kiner of Kiner Brothers Music, and I honestly like it's one of those that's in my top for, because Lucasfilm animation is just like blessed with incredible composers that like they, you know, they, if, if they were put on star Wars movies, I would not be able to tell a difference. You know, it would be the same kind of thrilling, like musical storytelling that I'm used to in star Wars, but they, ha they bring this like new edge, especially with this one, because I, I tweeted earlier, I think like today, maybe yesterday, I don't know what time is. Um, and, and I said like, oh, you know, like nothing, nothing would break my heart after like, I listened to Ahsoka leaves. And then this, this song comes along and I think it's called Sabine's catharsis. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like part of a suite. And then like, it's been, it's been redone on YouTube by like some incredible composers that like covered it and remixed it. And, oh, it's just incredible. So powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and like. Oh, just the way like it goes with like the lightsaber um, when they mm -hmm. collide. And also something that I didn't know before this episode was that lightsabers are drawn to each other. Yes. Like, so it's a very much different than like if Sabine has like training with like a regular sword or a staff or something like that. Yeah, that's why you never see lightsabers necessarily bounce off of one another. Yes. When they clash. Whereas like, you know, with the, with the fight sticks, that's exactly like what would happen. It's a lighter hit. It's faster. And that's, that's why they train with it. But yeah, like that, I think that's so interesting too, because there's still so much about like how the dark saber was made and forged that like, we don't know even when it comes to like this particular fight. Yeah. 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 So it's just also good. It's, it's also good. It's, it's amazing. And like, I um, I know that like going back to the voice acting and on the note of the music, I'm not sure if the music was made before the episode, but I know that uh, in, in Rebels Recon, Dave Filoni said that uh, the first thing they recorded was Tia as Sabine. Like her lines in this episode led everything. When her voice breaks. Oh. My heart breaks. She oh my God. I had seen this episode, like I, like I said, it's the most watched Star Wars animated episode. And that's saying something, because I've seen a lot of this stuff. But just like rewatching it again today after like a year of not seeing it, just like broke me down. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's everything, the writing, the voice acting, this like, her admitting that she has a brother, like telling that she has a brother, that was shocking, mm -hmm. you know? You see Ezra's reaction to it too. And it's just like what happened to her on Mandalore and what she did. Yeah. And yeah. she has that amazing line, like the empire wants to destroy worlds and it destroyed mine. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, that's always when like my throat just like tightens up too much and I start crying. Mm -hmm. I always get that far and then it's like, oh, 
no, no. Like you just feel this overwhelming guilt and that's what's ultimately holding her back. That's the thing that's keeping her from unlocking whatever potential she has. And I like this episode because while it doesn't necessarily like confirm that Sabine can use the force, it does really continue to imply and like, and weave that thread of like, we're all connected through it in some way or another, what happens happens through the force. And the more grounded you are, the more able you are to like access like the better version of yourself, basically, you know? Yeah, it's heavily implied that everyone has the force. Mm -hmm. It just, some people can't connect to it for one reason or another. Yeah. So it's interesting, like how Kanan says she's just shut off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that uh, that's a, a very nice like open thread that's like left behind in Rebels that, you know, it's just fun. It's nice, yeah. you know. It's nice to think the force is, you know, around everybody, you know, hanging yeah. out, just yeah. you know, doing this thing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts about this particular episode before we wrap up? Uh, I also get chills when she grabs the lightsaber and she gets up and the music like accelerates. Yes, absolutely. And I was looking at like some Reddit posts and someone's like, well, Kanan wasn't really fighting. Like Kanan would have beat her in a fight. I'm like, obviously mm. he's not trying to win. He is yeah. beating her. And it's so different than what he would do. Like with say Ezra, because like, don't want to use the dark side, but this is like venting and anger. And it's so yeah. interesting to see that with a lightsaber without it being like, you know, Sith. Yeah. And I, you know, that, that plays also into like, you can see that in his movement every time it's basically like, as he's baiting her with his words, he's moving back yes. and like moving offensively. Yes. Uh, so that she like continues to just like harp on him. He's not even like asking her to be like in form or style. It's all about getting this out of her to unlock that, that thing that's holding her back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just so good. Kanan's such a good dad. It is. He's he really is, and like it's just it's such cool growth, like all around. In this episode, you really see how these characters have come together as a family. Because like for all of the dumb things that Ezra says in the, his this episode, like he he wants Sabine to do better. Like he's trying yeah. to echo what Kanan told him and taught him when he's like you know we're her rehearsing when he's practicing <laughs> with Sabine. <laughs> yeah, no, he, I think he's excited to like teach her something. Cause mm -hmm. I feel like he probably learned a lot from her that first year. Yeah, absolutely. It's just so nice. I love seeing this family grow. I love found families and I love, yeah, that's, I think the characters are definitely why Rebels is my favorite because of that, the relationships and things like that. And of course this episode, <laughs> It's just, it's so good, like all around, such a, a beautiful piece. And like, I, again, like, I just love that it's, it's that contained like character focused episode that basically needs to happen because from there, it's like everything else about the season gets like multiplied by 10 every episode. So yeah, yeah. there's only like a few characters. There's mm -hmm. like a handful of characters. They don't leave the planet. They don't fight the empire. They don't do anything but train. And also I don't think it would have worked as well. Like in season one, it was so earned. Everything about mm -hmm. this episode was earned in the past few seasons. Yes. And I 
that it, it just it blows my mind. Her character arc, this part with the light the dark saber, getting to Maul to get the dark saber, everything was earned. Yeah. But on that note, something about this that like just occurred to me because you were saying that is that this this episode is like really theatrical. Like if they were to stage this as a play, very little would need to change because it's so like well contained because it's more about choreography and about the like acting piece and they're not moving around that much. Like it would be a single stage show. Which, Katrina uh, star Wars celebration 2022. Oh my gosh. I, it really needs to happen. I need this personally. <laughs> Let's put this in the air. Good. It's out in the universe now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I am so glad that that we were able to spend time and talk about this this particular episode because it's such a special fight. And I think like you see the echoes of it ripple out, not just through the rest of this series, but in other Disney uh, Star Wars properties as well. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Candice, before we wrap up today, whereabouts can we find you on the Internet? My Twitter is Candice is a geek, but you can find all the geeky waffle stuff at thegeekywaffle.com. Geeky underscore waffle on Twitter, the geeky waffle everywhere, including our Patreon. And Katrina, we are so happy to have you on the network. I'm so You're happy waffle. to be here. <laughs> You're a waffle. I'm a waffle now. See, that's why I'm in like gold. Like, awesome. I, just, yeah. I, I wanted to dress to theme. Yes, so. waffle. <laughs> Waffleicious. Love it. Delicious. All right. Well, have a good one. And uh, yeah, let's uh, phase out of here. Thank you so much for checking out the first episode of A Fight Club Far, Far Away. I am really excited to be working on this project and I've got some really special stuff planned for you guys throughout the season. So continue tuning in, subscribing, doing the things that you're doing right now. All of that is super great. Uh, in the meantime, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Fight Club FFA for updates, assorted memes, and random things that I happen to think about while researching for the show. And check out all of our sibling shows on the Geeky Waffle Network, which are listed in the description below. Until then, I will see you next time. Now, be brave and don't look back.